welcome to day 191 of Shaped by the Word. I don't know why I keep wanting to say 199. We'll be there soon. Uh, we have passed a nice marker from 190, and today is 191. We are coming to the end of Paul's letters. Uh, the last three letters that came off the pen of the Apostle Paul are written to young protégés who have been placed in very difficult circumstances. Uh, he's both encouraging them in their faith, but also he is giving them instructions on how to uh, build the church and how to uh, you know, plant into the life of people and how to uh, refute uh, doctrine that is opposed to the gospel you know, in every way. So we come to Titus. Uh, we don't know as much about Titus as we do about Timothy. Uh, we do know that he accompanied Paul on several journeys. We find him going to Paul into the city of Jerusalem where the argument is, you know, should you know, Gentiles be circumcised? And Titus uh, was a Greek and he heard the arguments and he was so compelled by the truth of the gospel that he felt no need to embrace the ritual of the Old Testament but to live in the hope of the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit and the transformed life that comes through the gospel. So we have Titus in Crete. Uh, this is a really tough assignment. Crete was kind of uh, almost a penal colony. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of the attitudes, you know, in Crete were, in Crete were uh, you know, deceptive and manipulative and um, self-indulgent. So it had a reputation as a whole. Uh, even uh, one of, you know, their own poets who Paul quotes, you know, back in chapter one, Epimenides wrote of them, uh, one of Crete's own prophets have said it, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. And you think they're exaggerating, but that is exactly uh, the reputation that Crete had. Uh, during this time. That's why Paul would follow that up by saying, this saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith and pay no attention to Jewish myths or the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. The pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God by their actions. They deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing any good thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when our culture gets a hold of us, this is exactly how we, we end up being, reflecting more of the culture than the, the love and the faithfulness and purity that comes from Christ. So we continue with Paul's encouragement to Titus and his very difficult uh, task of building a church and a culture that is against almost everything that the church stands for. Mm -hmm. uh, before we do that, however, we always pause and we always offer ourselves and our moment you know, to the Lord. So Cindy, do you mind no, leading us? No Father, we do um, approach this time in your word asking that you would um, bring our hearts to a place of humility that we might be teachable, open to the things that we would learn through your word, and that we would, Father, um, be obedient to apply and, Father, that your spirit would just continue to move in our hearts to change us and conform us more into the image of your Son. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Titus chapter 2. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith and love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent and they who live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. And then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled and everything set them an example by doing what is good. 
and your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything to try to please them, not to talk back to them and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people that teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. Remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceful and considerate, and to always be gentle toward everyone. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs, having hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good, These things are excellent and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn him a second time after that have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way, and to see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for the urgent needs and not to live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Beautiful description, you know, of the gospel, Mm -hmm. you know, right there in the middle in verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people that teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness and purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good wow yeah that's what great. an amazing description not only of what the gospel is him giving himself to redeem us so that he can have a people mm-hmm. of his very own. And, and a lot of times we hear that as individuals of his every th- of his very own, but he is building us into a community and, and as, as a people that are eager to do what is good, that said no to ungodliness mm-hmm. and, and worldly passions, live self-controlled and ungodly and, and rather godly lives in the present age uh, while we wait for the hope that we have you know, set before us. So it's one of the more beautiful passages you know, that comes from the pen of Paul right here in the middle of mm-hmm. Titus and all the urgency he has in working, uh, you know, working through the difficulties of the church or the church is mm-hmm. on Crete. Mm-hmm. And even in that passage you're talking about, Paul, you know, it says 
it's the the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation and it also teaches us to say no and to live in such a way as he's describing there. So I love that great reminder that it's not just God's grace yeah. that saves us, but it's also his grace at work transforming us to be his people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's you know what he was getting, what he was experiencing, you know, and on the island of Crete, people who who were not saying no to ungodly character. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, actually, their 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 character reflected the gods they worshipped, mm-hmm. the capricious Greek gods who were also manipulative and, and passionate and given, you know, to lust and capricious in every way. Mm-hmm. And so they've been introduced to a, a, a God with a whole new character, a God who does not lie, a God who is faithful in all things, a God who. Uh, reflects love and care, uh, you know, mm. for those that he has, has created, and, and so they're they're learning to say no, you know, to, to the kind of culture that they've been a part of and the passions, mm-hmm. you know, that come from the culture. Mm-hmm. To have new passions, mm-hmm. you know, fanned in flame through knowing Christ. And it is kind of jumping down into chapter three, but I do love, you know, we're not just saved just to be saved, but we're saved to to be different. And in three, when it says that. One time we, too, were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Um, Just a constant reminder that none of that was based on anything that we deserved. We deserved death and punishment, but because of his kindness... And his love. If there's anything that describes who we can be in our culture, because we live right. we live in a very self-indulgent you know culture, yeah. whether it's you know, indulgence in you know, you know food and drink, mm-hmm. or it's indulgence you know and the kind of things that we entertain ourselves mm-hmm. with, or it's indulgence you know in our sexual passions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one time we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved. Wow, mm-hmm. by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Yeah. And of course, what are the results? Malice, envy hating those around us mm-hmm. being hated it was crazy but then you have another wonderful uh, and I know that's where you were going David so why don't you read verse 4 through, <laughs> no. through about 7 no yeah but mm-hmm. when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared he saved us not because of righteous things we had done but because of his mercy He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Mm -hmm. And this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, Mm -hmm. so that those who have have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. To stress these things, yeah, yeah. Oh. I talk about them a lot. It even says a little layer down, you know. Um, these are the things to to be talking about. These are things to be yeah. stressing, to be reminding the people of. Mm-hmm. Obviously, who they were, what Christ has done, what God's done in Christ, and mm-hmm. and how that changes well, the way you live. What a crazy you know, transition from a world of malice and envy and hate and being hated. Then comes the kindness and the love of God, appearing in the person of Christ Jesus. And uh, he saved us, uh, not not because of anything worthy in us, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, not because of righteous things that we had done, because of his mercy. And I, and I love these two statements. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And he's he's grabbing Old Testament images, 
you know, of the people of God who were never able to be faithful to the God who was faithful to them. Mm-hmm. And he talks about today when he will wash them, when he will make them clean, and when he will renew them, and when he will restore them. And of course, those are the promises of the new covenant that we have mm-hmm. been washed by being born into an, a new family so that we are, our sins are forgiven and we are clean and we are being renewed, you know, by his, by his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the character is exactly opposite of the character, <coughs> and, you know, the world that it, you know, pulled us, you know, that pulled us out. Mm-hmm. So basically as the people of God, we should stress the gospel to each other often. Yeah. It becomes too commonplace for us. Of course, you know, you know, that those of the talk about, you know, gospel center ministry say, you know, in the first generation, the gospel is always preached. In the second mm-hmm. generation, the gospel is always assumed. And then in the third generation, mm-hmm. the gospel is always forgotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to make sure that we, we live in a moment where, you know, it's not forgotten, it's not assumed, but we constantly remind ourselves of it. And, and when we talk about reminding ourselves of the gospel, we're not even, you know, talking about, you know, the four spiritual laws by which we came to Christ. We're talking about, you know, the, these, these two things. We have been washed and are cleansed mm-hmm. and have access to the presence of God through which he is renewing and restoring us, things that are just the opposite of the worldly passions and that have the opposite, you know, reflection. And and we have a hope, you know, of those things, you know, before us as well. So this is kind of a a new humanity. In the middle of all of this, all of this stuff that our culture throws on us and our culture produces, here's Mm -hmm. what Christ produces, and and that's the heart of the gospel. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, not Mm -hmm. not our own legalisms and boundaries and fences and rules and regulations that we have you know that are part of it it's even in there that he's given us that warning too you know these are the things you know in verse 8 these are the things that are excellent and profitable and these are things you should devote yourselves to but also you make sure you avoid these other things because they are unprofitable Mm -hmm. and useless so there's that Mm -hmm. tension that even existed there you know we we, we feel today we say so often you know the mark of uh, the mark of uh, your your theology is what it's turning you into, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, is it making you you know quarrelsome, and is it making you focus on you know minors instead of focusing on the major things? You know, are you building rules for yourself, or are you being transformed, you know, by the grace of the whole, of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Fun passage all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sad because tomorrow we we, we go to uh, Second Timothy. And as we go to Second Timothy, mm-hmm. you can hear a plaintive cry of Paul as he realizes that this is probably his last moment mm-hmm. you know, on earth, and he hands uh, the ministry off to his true son in faith, Timothy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the the wonderful reminders, the wonderful truths that we find in your Word. Um, how your Word is so completely amazing forgive us for the times that we ignore your word Um, we choose to not read it to not listen to it Um, thank you for the beautiful description of what you have accomplished graciously in our lives through jesus Um, may these wonderful truths this good news not be lost on us but may it renew us and and rekindle us um, and and revive our hearts and our affections for jesus Um, As we see here, we are a people who forget Christ often, and so may we stress these things to one another, the the beauty and the wonder of the cross and what Jesus has secured for us. 
And may these be the excellent and profitable things in our lives. And we pray that you and your grace would work that out in us for your glory and for our joy. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.